everyone, my name is Zachary Rodier and welcome to episode 9 of 614 Check here on the Scarlet Gray Sports Radio Podcasting Network. And we have a fantastic show for you today, as in this episode I was able to have a sit-down exclusive interview with Andrea Branley of the Ohio State Buckeyes women's hockey team, who is also representing Team Switzerland in the 2022 Beijing Olympics for the second time. And in this interview, we talk about a variety of subjects, including her journey into getting into hockey, the Olympics, and the Ohio State women's ice hockey team. Andrea, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It is great to talk to you and share your story. And again, we wish you the best of luck in the Olympics. After this interview, we talk about the rapid headlines and College Corner as well. But without further ado, let's get right into this exclusive interview with Andrea Branley of the Ohio State women's ice hockey team. Enjoy. Today, 614 Check is excited to welcome one of the Ohio State women's hockey team's star senior players who has been the goaltender for the team for the past four years. Her 0.927 four-year cumulative NCAA save percentage has helped her book her second ticket to the Winter Olympics, where she will represent Team Switzerland. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Andrea Branley to the show. Andrea, thank you so much uh, for coming on today. Thank you for inviting me. So before we get into Ohio State and your Olympic journey, I want to talk to you about your journey to being where you are today. How did you get into hockey and when did you know that is what you wanted to do for your career? I was actually pretty early in my life. Uh, I was uh, three years old back home and my brother is two years older. And of course, how it is, like he started before me. Uh, and my mom, uh, who kind of was a lazy person, still is. Well, maybe that's why I, I am a lazy person too. But she uh, okay. did, did not want to like drive back and forth, uh, like watching me at home and like picking up my brother. So she just took me with her and like put me on the ice. And that's how it all started, basically. And uh, I immediately knew that I keep want to do it because I loved it so much. And yeah, here I am. <laughs> and when did you decide fully that, you know, maybe I could actually do something with this and this is something that I could pursue further rather than just an after school activity? Um, again, that was pretty early, too. Uh, I feel like it was a couple of years later when I started school, too, and I realized that uh I didn't really like school. So I always loved going to practice and I of how I how good I am and like how much fun I have playing with my teammates and playing for myself too and uh, pretty quickly realized that I wanted to be a goalie mm -hmm. uh, so I feel like once I made that switch I I knew I want to keep doing that for the rest of my life uh, and that's how it went pretty much all my life <laughs> and it's funny now you said you don't like school but you're also a student athlete at a college so I guess they both uh, came together but being in Switzerland all your life, growing up there, playing hockey, how difficult of a decision was it for you to make the decision to come to the United States, play college hockey, since you'd be leaving your family in your home country? It was very, very difficult, uh, but and it took me some time to like think about it if I really want to do it, because that was a huge step. Uh, not only like to come to a like totally different continent to play hockey but also like the culture the language like I had no idea how the school system works here so that was a huge shock when I came here and everything was so so different but I didn't regret it at all like that was basically I think the best decision I could ever make because it brought me uh to where I am right now and made me the person who I am right now and after you decided to come to the United States and play in the NCAA what was it about Ohio State that made you decide this is where I want to be for the next four years? I think the overall community of being a Buckeye uh, and like the school itself, like I love campus. I love the Oval. My favorite place on campus is the Mirror Lake. And I thought like when I came here and visit, uh, I, I knew that I wanted to be here because I loved it so much. Uh, when I met the team, uh, they were really, really like welcomed me, really friendly, and uh, I was their friend right away from the beginning. Uh, and they like 
uh, treated me as an American, basically, even though I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and once I adjusted to like the language and everything, I felt like I was at home here. That's that's really nice. And right now when we're recording, it feels a little like home with all the snow we're getting today uh, with Mirror Lake freezing over and everything like that. Uh, I haven't been on campus today uh, seeing uh, Mirror Lake, but I'm sure it is looking beautiful. Maybe you'll go out and see it later today. Um, but once you got to Ohio State, where do you think in your game specifically that you've improved the most since making the switch to the U.S.? Oh, good question. Um, I feel like I grew a lot like in like my complete like of who I am. Like I, of course, it was four years now, so I'm a little older now. <laughs> uh, I matured a little bit, that for sure. Well, hopefully. But um, I think the where I improved the most is my my mental side. Like I grew a lot more like mature, calm on the ice. I uh I was like, I learned how to deal with like problems on the ice, off the ice, where I am. Um, and I feel like that helped me a lot improve in other areas, like skating and like making that first save and like skate, like all of, all of that. Um, so I feel like the mental side has improved a lot in the past four years. And one of the big things in the mental side of hockey is everything that goes on off the ice. And as a student athlete, a lot of people that watch your games don't understand the stress that student athletes like yourself go through balancing school and your sport. And of course, in your place, hockey. So how difficult is this balance and how have you been able to manage keeping your play to the best of your ability while striving for your degree in psychology? Uh, it wasn't easy, like uh, especially in the beginning, it wasn't easy because, uh, you know, the first, like the, the main reason you came here is hockey uh and now you have that huge like time consuming uh thing like besides hockey like school um but I learned a lot that like what helps you deal with that stress of being a student with all exams and assignments and classes is having a good time management so every week every weekend I like sit down and write down what I have to do this week and when I have to do it and then I will work towards like crossing everything off my to-do list basically uh, before and after practice. And that's helped help me a lot, re reduced my stress load a lot. But it took me some time to learn it. Let me tell you, it was uh, the first year was really stressful until I learned that a good time management can save a lot of energy, uh, like the energy I can like put into hockey then. Yeah, and you know, one thing, about last year with COVID is classes were online for you, for all of us. Uh, so it was a little easier instead of going from the rink and walking to a class, you could just go online. But now that we're back in person at OSU, take me through just one normal day uh, during the week uh, between maybe a Monday, because that's where you guys have your practices the most of you wake up, you have class, and then you have to go to practice as well. Yeah, sure. So um, how Monday would look like for me, it's like uh, waking up in the morning. My first class starts at 920. So that's nice. <laughs> that's like uh, and then I have class for like an hour. Uh, then I have a little break. Then I have another class for uh, 90 minutes. Um, and after that, pretty much right away, I will like eat something or like go to the rink and eat something there. Um, I usually get treatment before. But if you don't have any issue with your body, then you're you don't have to get treatment. And then we usually go on the ice at like 1.30-ish, but that's just for the goalies. So goalies, we have a goalie world twice a week, every Monday and Wednesday. And then at 2.15, 2.30-ish, the whole team gets on. Then we have practice until 4.35 ish and then we usually have a lift for like 45 50 minutes and then basically done with practice and then we go home and do our assignments that's that's a very busy day my monday <laughs> is is the easiest day of my week i only have one class and then i just start doing all the other work but um i can't imagine going through all that and balancing it all um and it it makes a great reminder for regular students that are listening to this that 
everyone thinks they have so much on their plate. And then I listen to you and I, I just can't <laughs> even believe all the things you're juggling and still having to get not just attend the class, but actually excel and do well uh, in trying to get a good degree. Um, so after a great fall semester of hockey, what would you like to change in your game as the Buckeyes push for a WCHA championship and then ultimately trying to get the ultimate goal of the national championship? Yeah, I think what we can what we can prove as a as a team is like finding our rhythm within the games because we got a lot of new players and they have been adjusting really, really good. Like they're amazing, amazing kids and amazing players. But I feel like sometimes we still lack that like uh rhythm within our game. And I feel like if we can find that, we're we can win whatever we want. Um, because we're an amazing team. We're we have such talented players. Uh, that I feel like if we can play, if if we can play together uh, over 60, 60 plus minutes, we can win whatever we want. So yeah, uh, another thing that I can improve is uh, is uh, finding my level to compete because like over such a long season with like huge events like the World Championship beginning of the year, now the, the Olympic Games, it's like, it's hard because it's like, there, it's different levels to play. Uh, the international level and the NCAA and I feel like if I can balance that like difference between them I can find my level of game here in the NCAA and uh, win some championship titles for them and when I'm talking to you I can tell one of the biggest things for you is winning and well winning like a national championship is always the goal how important is it for you this year uh, since it's your se senior season and you want to make this a reality after your past four years at OSU? I mean, it has become really, really important because we, like in the past, we were so close to win the national championship. Uh, my second year, we won WCHA title. Uh, last year, well, it was a little after that COVID ha happened, so it wasn't really the same again, but we were always really, really close with last year being in the Frozen Four. And with this year having such a like such a talented team, I know we have a really good chance to win it. Um, and yeah, it's basically my last chance to to win the national championship. So that makes it even like more special to go into the last stretch of the season, knowing that every game is basically my last game here. Um, but I don't want to like focus too much on that because it's still very long and it's still um a lot of time until then so now i'm just taking step by step or day by day and like i make sure that i prepare myself and stay healthy for the last stretch of the season absolutely and you talked about last year and when you come into ncaa women's hockey you see osu and wisconsin and you guys obviously have a huge rivalry in the same division in the NCAA. Uh, and after last year, you guys have a continued rivalry with them, even this season. And with a disappointing end last season, how much fire does this rivalry give you to try and beat them this year? It's almost, you know, there's no Michigan women's hockey team that you guys really compete with. Is that a similar sense with Wisconsin? Oh, for sure. Um, I came, it was, it was the funniest moment in my freshman year, because my freshman year, we were still not like, the team to beat we were there to beat other teams and we came into wisconsin uh, on their senior day and this basically this not destroyed them but we won two times in shootout there and that was a huge thing for us and since then it's become like that we are like on the same level like i uh, and it's always really fun to play against them because they're so good and so talented like we are. And they're like, those games are amazing. Like if someone wants to watch a really, really good women's hockey game, watch Wisconsin OSU. Um, so yeah, and especially like second, my second year we won against the WCHA tournament title and the year after they beat us in the same game uh, and they beat us in Frozen Four. So it's, uh, there's a lot of fire in myself to beat them again this year. Unfortunately, we did lose against them uh, the first weekend series we had uh, in Wisconsin this year, but they're coming again to us uh, on our senior day. So I'm really fired up to beat them on that senior day and then hopefully later in the tournaments. 
I have those dates circled on my calendar already. Can't wait for those. And then hopefully in Minnesota in the WCHA championship. Uh, so let's move on from OSU a little bit and move on to the news that came out recently this week uh, when we're recording this, that this year you've been named to the 2022 women's Olympic team for team Switzerland. First of all, congratulations on that. I know it's a big accomplishment, but when you hear those words that you're going to be a two-time Olympian, how does that make you feel and how much pride do you get from representing your country on the biggest stage? Right now, you're wearing a Team Switzerland Olympic jacket right now, so I can sense that you have big pride in that. Oh, a lot. There's a lot of pride. And every time I hear those words, like words that I'm a two times Olympian, I'm like, I'm getting chills because like you can't really realize that until you're actually there. Uh, so I still haven't really realized that I'm leaving in a week to like to go to Beijing to start that like huge journey. Um, and it gives just gives me a lot of pride to like be able to represent my country uh, on such a huge stage uh, with like so many other countries there and with the like the world watching us. But also it makes me so proud proud that I be able to also represent the Buckeyes at the Olympics and show them what like who we are here and what we have accomplished with the team in the past because I'm not the same person that I was in 2018 at my first Olympics and I want to show that and I want to show everyone that uh yeah it was that OSU that like made me who I am right now and I'm really really proud of that that I'll be able to to say I'm a Buckeye, but also I'm a Swiss national team member and I'm Olympian. I love that. You're representing two reds, one Swiss red and one scarlet red. Uh, and I know I, I told you before the podcast that I've been to Switzerland. I can tell uh, how beautiful of a country that is that you're representing. And we're so excited for you. Um, but like I said, you're a two-time Olympian. So after being at the Olympics before, what lessons have you learned from 2018 that will change your experience in China this time around? I feel like um, my first time, it was like a huge thing. Of course, every athlete is a, it's like, a, it's a dream to go to Olympics if you have the chance. And I was really, really nervous and I had no idea what to expect. So everything I saw was like, it was so overwhelming, the whole thing, like the Olympic village, the ice rinks, the media there. Um, and that was a lot of like, that was, very very energy consuming like I used a lot of energy to worry about things I can't control like the media like who we, how are we getting there how are we getting there what are we doing then like we have an off day what are we what are we doing and everything uh and I took a lot of energy from me that maybe I couldn't really put into hockey then um so being a two two-time Olympian and knowing that like uh, you can't control everything, especially in that time now we have with COVID and everything. That will help me a lot having that experience from 218 uh, that I can like, that I'm not worrying about things I can't control of and that I can like forget about it and just put that energy I can save there into hockey and hopefully get my best level of, of compete there. And it's going to be a different Olympics too with it being in China and there being less fans due to everything that's going on right now. But you talked about so much going on in 2018. What was your best Olympic memory that you remember? Oh, I think one of the best was uh, for sure the op opening ceremony. Uh, it was like, because like that, that was the moment until then, you know, yeah, you were in the Olympic village and, Yes, you were like training in the in the, the ice rink and everything, but being able to walk into that stadium with your your country being called on, um, with all the like the Swiss athletes like wearing the same with our Swiss flag bearer in front of us, that just like made me realize that I accomplished my dream, and it was that moment that I like that, that I will probably remember for the rest of my life uh because that was that was yeah that maybe a little cry if i'm honest <laughs> yeah I, I can sense the emotion right now and uh obviously if i was in that place i'd feel the same thing that's uh just i think that's a moment right there when they call your name and it's like a pinch me moment 
right? I'm actually here. I'm representing my country. They're calling on Switzerland, and that's me. Uh, so yeah. I can just imagine uh, how powerful that moment was for you. And well, you're going to represent Team Switzerland. We are in the middle of the Buckeye season. How difficult is it for you to leave your Buckeye family midway through the season? Ultimately, you are coming back to help them uh, in their postseason run, but uh, leaving for the next few weeks. Um, it was very hard um, because I, I knew that I will miss game. I will miss important games like the, the Minnesota weekend. Um, that was hard because like, I, I want to play every single weekend. I want to win those games for us every weekend and not having the chance to control anything to just being on a different continent again and watch them compete and just hope that they will play their best and like win every game, which I know they will. Like I have faith and I believe my team will do the best they can when I'm gone. But that was just really hard because I want to take action. I want to take that responsibility to like play every weekend in Windows games. But again, I know we have other three other amazing goalies who can step up for me and I know they will do their best to to win the game. So so yeah, it was kind of sad when I will will because I will miss those like games, but it's okay <laughs> now. And on the lighter side, you're missing uh two to three weeks of classes too. So uh, that's okay for you, I guess, after you say you're, you're not a big school fan. But, um, you know, even though you're leaving the Buckeyes for a few weeks, coming back after being an Olympian, you're going to have a lot of lessons in those few weeks in Beijing. What do you think you can bring back uh, as a new attribute or a lesson from the Olympics that can help you with this final push for a national championship? I think what the Olympics will give me is a lot of like a lot of self confidence, uh, a lot of like in myself, in my play, in my game style, uh, in my technique and everything. Um, and I think that confidence will help me a lot, and that I will help will help me a lot, like bring that confidence into like the OSU team, uh, and hopefully will like affect my teammates and give them some confidence to having that in mind that they have a, an Olympian in the, in the net now. Um, so I feel like, yeah, that confidence will help me a lot uh, in the, like the final stretch of the season when I come back. And them knowing, obviously they're so proud of you about going to the Olympics. And I, I talked about it as a Buckeye family, and that's the sense I get from seeing all of you play on the ice together Having a strong locker room dynamic is important for every team, but how close is your team and what is it like going to the locker room every single day with, uh, with your teammates? It's, I can, I can tell you it's, it's a family. Like we are a family here and especially for me and the other European players we have, the two Finns, uh, it was very hard for us because we left our family behind uh, in our countries and we came here, but we found another family. Like we found the, 20 21 sisters every year and coaches who like uh like became kind of like our moms um the same accounts for like all the the moms and dads from our teammates who treated us like like we're one of their family members and that was a huge thing and it's always like such a so i i always love going to practice every day just because like everyone again uh not just because i love hockey but also because i love my teammates and that that's a huge thing and that just makes the whole experience a lot more um a lot more better here and is there something different about this group this year that you think takes you to a different level to go over the edge and win that ultimate goal yeah i feel like this year uh we have a lot more depth depth in our team uh like we have so, so many players who are so talented and who can step up and like make those goals and uh, like win us does, does like the games we have to win. Um, so I feel like that has changed a lot over the past um, four years. Uh, when I think back to my my freshman year, we had we had good players, but we only had a couple really, really good players who can like who always. And now we have uh 20 22 players 21 players who can who can step up and make those like games make those plays that will bring us like win us the national championship 
And one thing about your team or any college team is every year you have a new wave of players and you have some leaving. And as a senior, you guys are the leaders of the group. Uh, like automatically you're the leadership group because you've been there the longest. And I know that's really important in creating a great team and being a leader in the community and on your team is about growing the game of hockey in Columbus, back in Switzerland, and in your place, especially for young girls to try and get into hockey. And OSU's recently been a part of the Blue Jackets Hockey for Her event, trying to grow hockey for women. Also recently been part of visiting an annual sled hockey tournament in Columbus that I volunteer at. How important is the community outreach to you and for the rest of your team? Oh, it's very, very important uh, because we always tell ourselves, uh, play for her. That can mean play for your past self, but also play for the little girl at home that watches you play the hockey and just like loves watching you like play, play the game I love. And uh, I want to give that love to the community and I want to show everyone how cool and amazing hockey is especially for girls um because over the past couple of years uh women's hockey has has experienced a lot of growth uh but we're not where we are where we want to be and i feel like it's important for every um female hockey player to take take a part in that growth and to take out uh the the game of hockey into the community and show little girls that they can do what i can do uh and it just gives me a lot of joy when I am at those events and see the smile on little girl's face who loves to play hockey uh, and who wants to do that for the rest of her life. And that just uh, makes me feel humble and really grateful that I can be that leader in the community and show little girls what, can, what they're capable of doing. Absolutely. And in Columbus itself, I can sense that the sport is growing uh, girls hockey specifically, the Blue Jackets are starting a new AAA women's team uh, next year, which is really exciting. Uh, now moving on, we just have a few more questions left. This is the part where, you know, it's been four years at OSU. It's time to reflect a little bit. I first want to ask you before we get into the final few questions, um, what are your plans after graduating Ohio State this year? I know that's <laughs> big. Maybe you haven't decided yet. And if you haven't, that's okay. Oh, that question. Everyone is asking me that, but it's so hard because like once you graduate from college, you're you're basically have the whole world open for you to choose whatever you want. And that's kind of hard. But of course, I want to keep playing hockey. Um, so I and there is always the option of my fifth year because like every athlete got a year back because of COVID. So I'm currently looking in that maybe. And then I I'm looking into options in Sweden to play hockey and, of course, uh, back home in Switzerland. So I have like those three countries right now, USA, Sweden and Switzerland to choose from. And we'll see where that goes. <laughs> awesome. I can't wait to hear that decision for you and the rest of the Buckeyes family. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll get another interview next year. or Maybe you'll come on after the Olympics. Uh, but last few questions here. Um, it's been four years. Looking back at your time in Columbus, what has been your favorite memory? It could be a hockey memory or just off the ice in, uh, as an Ohio State Buckeye that you've had so far. I actually have two two memories that I love. One was, uh, of course, winning the WCHA tournament title. Uh, that was a huge thing. And it was like history for our school, like school program too. And that like was amazing to experience and to be a part, like be able to like be a part of that um the other memory i have is like a saturday game day like football game day um especially like when i came here like every saturday they like the football team had a game seeing like those thousands and thousands of people out on the street wearing buckeye jerseys and like just a whole environment of that game day just like every time gives me chills uh, and that's the one thing or one memory I will never forget how that is of uh, being that stadium or just walking around campus on game days. I, and I'm sure that was a huge culture shock for you uh, from coming from Switzerland that doesn't have American football to here where there's a hundred thousand people stacking into a stadium. And I'm so excited that that was be able was able to be back this year. Um, and here, you know, hockey, there's always serious moments during games 
but there's always funny and goofy moments as well. Uh, what has been the funniest or goofiest moment uh, with the Buckeyes that you have witnessed? And like I always like to say to my guests that you can share uh, because sometimes there can be some that, you know, can't be recorded. Oh, oh I've never thought about that. Um, well, first of all, I'm a really like, uh, well, not funny person, but I am kind of loose on the ice. I wanted to be that because uh, that's just how I am because I love the sport I'm doing and I love being there and that just makes me happy. So I feel like every time I step on the ice on a game day uh, or on a game, I feel that joy and that happiness coming to myself. Uh, and I wanted to, sh- I want to, to always share that moment with my te- my teammates. So every time we like, do the huddle before like the game starts and like you know like talk a little bit on the ice there uh get out everything everyone checked up it's just always like a funny funny but also like a uh a chill moment because like realizing that hey we can play a game again especially in the time now where you you can't ever take everything from for, for granted that just uh yeah that makes you so humble and so like like the like so joyful that you can experience every time um goofy moments i don't know i don't know if i want to share that because those are like locker room stories and i don't really want to share i want to don't want to expose my fellow teammates with that so i will yeah i will i will stick to the moments on the ice that's fine (laughs) that's okay and um you know other hockey teams do the same and you can just say yes you don't need to answer or i'd like you to answer but are, are there are there pranks in the locker room? You don't need to share any because it sounds like you want to keep that tight lipped. But does that type of, type of stuff yeah, happen? Sometimes there are pranks going on, but I won't share what kinds of pranks. But again, we're we're loving each other very much, and I feel like uh, those pranks are just uh, the result of us like being so tight together and loving each other so much. And that's a good thing that we have pranks. I think. Absolutely. So now with the podcast, usually in a regular episode, we have rapid headlines where we do headlines really quickly. I want to do some rapid questions with you. Uh, One second, give me the answer uh, as we wrap up the episode. Favorite Switzerland food? Chocolate. Chocolate. I I like chocolate, but I also like raclette when I was there. That was, I'm a a big cheese guy. Uh, Favorite restaurant in Columbus? uh no uh first watch first watch and what about favorite dining place on campus well i i lived in scott's house so i will take i will go with uh scott's tradition traditional scott's yeah yeah that's a popular option of course and uh snow or summer snow for sure that sounds like you're coming from switzerland perfect yeah Uh, (laughs) which teammate do you think uh is the funniest in the locker room um oh sarah second and our finnish girl i think and which is your favorite buckeyes jersey that you guys wear uh the red one the scarlet one i like that one i also when i saw you guys wearing those black jerseys once those are also really cool i wish i wish both the men's team and the women's team had those uh, so we could see them more often uh, well, Andrea, thank you so much uh, for coming on. Uh, I'm going to give it to you for a second to say, see if you have anything else you want to end off with. Uh, no, just thank you for having me. Thanks you for inviting me and just you know, enjoy that snowy day. Of course, Andrea, thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing your story. Best of luck in the rest of the NCAA season. Uh, Scar and Gray Sports Radio can't wait to continue to cover it and in the WCHA championships as well. And We hope that you have a fantastic time in Beijing representing the Buckeyes and Switzerland at the 2022 Olympic Games. And we can't wait wait to cheer you on and watch it on TV, even if it's at 4 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. (laughs) So thanks so so much. Of course. Thank you. All right, I hope you enjoyed that exclusive interview with Andrea Branley of the Ohio State women's ice hockey team, who's also representing Team Switzerland in the Olympics. And Andrea, again, thank you so much for your time. The entire Buckeyes family is cheering you on as you head to Beijing 
for the Olympics. Let's now get into the rapid headlines here in the college corner. Usually we do it a little longer and break down the Buckeyes and the Blue Jackets weeks, but um, for the sake of this episode and us having an interview, we're going to include that here in the rapid headlines. Uh, let's get started with the Blue Jackets. This past week was a quieter week. They didn't have really much going on. They had lots of practices, and they went on the road on Thursday to play Philadelphia. They beat them 2-1, to one, which was a very close game. Uh, it had Jakob Vorchek coming back off COVID protocols, playing against his former team, the Blue Jackets, of course, going against Cam Atkinson and the Philadelphia Flyers, the Blue Jackets winning that game 2-1. to one. And then you thought they were going to come home and have a lot of momentum against Pittsburgh. Unfortunately, the P- Penguins beat the Blue Jackets 5-2 to two in that one. And it didn't really seem like a 5-2 to two loss for the Blue Jackets. It seemed a lot closer, but definitely a tough loss in a back-to-back there. And then the Blue Jackets on Sunday playing the Ottawa Senators, uh, they fell 1-2 to two final score in regulation a tough loss there again in front of the fans and the Blue Jackets are having another exciting week where they have the fans on their side as they're back here nationwide arena on Wednesday they're going to be playing the Calgary Flames 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and then another game the next day on Thursday so another back-to-back here they're playing the hot New York Rangers and Artemi Panarin at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Then they have Friday and Saturday off, and then they're going to head to Montreal, Quebec, Canada, and they are going to be facing the Montreal Canadiens at 7 p.m. on the road. And the Canadiens have been struggling, and so have the Blue Jackets recently. We'll see how that game fares out. Now going on to the Ohio State men's hockey team. They had a great weekend in Michigan as they played the Michigan State Spartans. And this was a great weekend for the Ohio State Buckeyes. They're hot. They were atop the Big Ten standings with Michigan. And they were really going to have to see how they were going to go against Michigan State. And to be honest with you, this was a great win for them in East Lansing, Michigan. On Friday, they got the win 4-1 to final score there. And then uh, on Saturday, they beat Michigan State yet again, 3-2 final score there with Jakob Dobesh getting a career high of 40 saves. And this was a great weekend for the Buckeyes. They're tied again at the Big Ten standings at the top with Michigan. And this is really showing how good the Ohio State Buckeyes team really is. Again, the Buckeyes were put in the coaches poll, preseason poll, as being one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. And here they are now tied at the top. Uh, Next week, they're going to be playing on Friday, January 28th at State College, Pennsylvania against Penn State at 7 p.m. Big Ten Plus and OSU Radio. And they're also going to be on the road on Saturday, January 29th at Penn State uh, at State College, Pennsylvania at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is another series where a sweep would be huge for the Buckeyes in the standings. Because then they're coming home and going to be playing tough teams in Wisconsin and Minnesota. With a little homestand there after a two-week trip. And moving on to the Ohio State women's ice hockey team. uh, We spoke to Andrea. She wasn't there this past week due to her going back to Switzerland in preparations for the Olympics. So the Buckeyes were facing off against the number 8 Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs. And man... This was a heck of a matchup here in Columbus, Ohio that I was on the call with Tyler Danberg on Scar and Gray Sports Radio. Friday, this was exactly what we expected against the Bulldogs. A tight top 10 matchup and the first 59 minutes of play did not have a goal at all. The shots were very close, almost tied the entire game back and forth action. This was an amazing game and really fun to call. Unfortunately for the Buckeyes, with around 30 seconds left, Hanley for the Bulldogs scored the go-ahead goal past Teeley, who played for the Ohio State Buckeyes a really solid game. And Emma Soderberg for the Bulldogs, their starting goaltender, is representing Team Sweden in the Olympics, so she was not there as well. And they had Jojo Choback in the goal for the Bulldogs, who has not played a single 
full game in the NCAA in her entire career. She got the shutout because Hanley got that go-ahead goal and there was a little controversy at the end of course when the Ohio State Buckeyes scored a goal with the time expired. Uh, it looked really, really close. If there would have been one-tenth of a second left on the clock, then the Buckeyes probably would have tied the game. And there was some controversy that I was seeing as I was calling the game that the clock didn't stop what maybe when it should have after a Duluth icing. Um, but, you know, the Buckeyes just had to accept that was what the game ended up being. And on Saturday, they came back and had a fantastic game as they absolutely dominated the Bulldogs on Saturday, beating them 3-1 to one final score there. Sophie Jakes, Jenna Buglioni uh, getting goals there. And it was a dominating game shots-wise as the Buckeyes really outdid themselves there. And they really showed that they are still the number two team in the nation and to continue being the number two team, they have a big test coming up this week. Uh, it's going to be on Scarlet Gray Sports Radio and, of course, on Big Ten Plus. Caleb Spinner, Nilsika will have the call on Big Ten Plus. Myself and Tyler Danberg will have the call on Scarlet and Gray Sports Radio. And this game against Minnesota, we don't know what their ranking is at this point when I'm recording this podcast. But this past weekend, they had an unbelievable weekend be- sweeping. The Wisconsin Badgers, who are number one, they were number five Minnesota this past week after dropping down from three. I'm sure they're going to be at least three or four. Maybe they'll even dethrone the Buckeyes, even though I don't think that's going to happen. But the Buckeyes are going to have a huge test here against Minnesota. As again, Saturday at 3 p.m., Friday at 6 p.m. And if the Buckeyes and Minnesota get a split here, it's good for both teams, obviously, the Buckeyes would love a sweep, and it would put them in a great spot in the rankings and in the WCHA standings that we're going to be talking about now here in the Rapid Headlines in College Corner that have changed a little bit. Getting into the Rapid Headlines, Blue Jackets draft picks Kirill Murchenko and Dmitry Varnikov have officially made the Olympic roster for Team Russia. We also know that Blue Jackets defenseman Vladislav Gavrikov, Adam Boquist, Placed in the NHL's COVID protocols, they since have been released. We also know that Seattle claims Kuhlman and that Cam Dean of Arizona and Alex Bazil of Montreal were placed on waivers this past week. In other Olympic news, we know the Blue Jackets draft pick and prospect Samuel Canasco has officially been named to the Slovak Olympic team and that Kent Hughes has been named the 18th general manager of the Montreal Canadiens and Kent Hughes, who is a former player agent, uh, is now going to get a five-year contract to serve as Habs GM, uh, right below Jeff Gordon, who is the vice president of hockey operations. And this is a big deal for the Canadians. They got their general manager, who has been in the business side of the league for a while, and I'm excited to see what happens there. COVID protocol-wise, the NHL and NHLPA are agreeing to no longer test asymptomatic players and staff after the All-Star break. At that point, testing will only be required for cross-border travel and if a person develops symptoms. That is huge for the National Hockey League as they try and get away from cancellations. We also know that fans have selected Steven Stamkos, Nazem Kadri, Mika Zibanejad, and Troy Terry as the 2022 NHL All-Star last man in. We also know that Flyer center Kevin Hayes underwent a procedure this past week to drain fluid from his adductor region and he's expected to return to play in three to four weeks. We also know that Willie O'Ree's number 22 was retired in Boston. Congratulations to him. We also know Montreal Canadiens player Jonathan Drouin was fined 5k, the maximum allowable under the CBA for cross-checking Tyler Sagan of the Dallas Stars. In other finding news, we know LA Kings forward Philip Deneau was also fined 5K for a dangerous trip on Tampa Bay's Braden Point. We also know Detroit claims Jemel Smith and Lackinson of Detroit clears. We also know the NHL schedule changes finally came out with 98 postponed games being rescheduled after all the postponements with COVID and an extra 95 others changed. 95 of these games will be rescheduled in that February Olympic window that was left if the NHL players were going to the Olympics. 
Blue Jackets side, 11 of their games were rescheduled in this mix. We also know Washington's Dmitry Orlov was suspended for two games for knee Winnipeg's Nikolaj Ehlers, and that Willie O'Ree was being awarded for the U.S. Congressional Gold Medal, recognizing his trailblazing impact across hockey and society of being the first black player in the National Hockey League. Congratulations, Willie. We're so proud of you, and it's so great that you're continuing to trailblaze the sport of hockey uh, with allowing and trying to push for justice in the National Hockey League in the entire hockey community. The Blue Jackets have activated right winger Jakub Vorchek off the NHL's COVID protocol list and assigned center Liam Foodie back to the taxi squad. Finland announced its rosters for the 2022 Olympics, including former Blue Jackets defenseman Mikko Lettinen on the men's side, with Mikno Tuman, a former OSU player, skating in her fourth Olympics on the women's side. We also know goaltender Jake Allen will be out eight weeks for the Montreal Canadiens due to a lower body injury. We also know that Cole Sillinger and Vladislav Gavrikov have been activated off the COVID protocol list for the NHL. We also know that the Winnipeg Jets have activated right winger Blake Wheeler from the long-term injured reserve. The team announced this past Saturday. We also know that Tampa Bay's Cal Foot has been fined $2,125, the maximum allowable under the CBA for cross-checking Anaheim's Buddy Robinson. On a more serious note, this past week in hockey, there were some horrible instances of racism in the AHL. Christoph Harbach of the San Jose Barracuda was suspended 30 games for making a racial gesture towards Tucson's Boko Imama during a game on January 12th. And of course, the ECHL also suspended Jacob Panetta indefinitely pending a hearing following a horrible apparent racial gesture directed towards Jordan Subban uh, in the ECHL. We're going to continue to monitor these. And of course, this is not what we want to see in hockey as we're moving forward to make hockey a more inclusive community. And like Andreas said in the interview, trying to grow the game. Moving on to the college corner, OSU this past week for the men's side is now 15th. And this past week, Quinn Preston was named the second star of the week in the Big Ten. In the WCHA, we know that in the past few weeks, St. Cloud State had some problems with COVID and their games were postponed. We have three new games that were put on the schedule, which is Minnesota Duluth at St. Cloud State February 1st, Ohio State at St. Cloud State Tuesday, February 8th, and Minnesota Duluth at St. Cloud State Tuesday, February 15th. So Ohio State could not have two games with St. Cloud. They could only reschedule one. And due to that, in the imbalance of WCHA games now set to be played, the league will now go to a point percentage basis in the standings. So it's no longer be on points. It's going to be on point percentage, which is very key. We also know that the Big Ten Hockey Mike Richer Award nominees, which goes to the goaltender of the year. Nominees for that is Michigan's Eric Portillo, Michigan State's Drew DeRitter, Notre Dame's Ryan Bischel and Matthew Goleida, Ohio State's Jakob Dobesch, and Wisconsin's Jared Moe. Moving on to scores from this past week, we know that in men's hockey on Friday, there were some big games in the Big Ten, Penn State beating Wisconsin 4-1. Number three, Michigan, falling to number 11, Minnesota, 2-1 in overtime. We also know that number 17's Michigan Tech game uh, versus number 19, Northern Michigan, was postponed. We also know number 20, Harvard, being St. Louis, 4-1. Number one, Quinnipiac, beating Colgate, 5-1 final score there. We also know that number 10, UMass Lowell, fell to Merrimack 3-1. In a big game, number 14, UMass, beating number 12, Northeastern, 3-2. Number 18, Providence, beating Merrimack with a final score of 3-1. We also know number 6, St. Cloud, beating Miami, Ohio, 11-1. Number 7, Minnesota Duluth, beating number 16, Omaha, 5-1. And that number 4, Western Michigan, beating number 9 North Dakota 4-1 in a big game there. On Saturday, there were some more big games as number 3 Michigan beating 
number 11 Minnesota 4 to 1 final score and Penn State beating Wisconsin 7 to 2. We also know of course that number 1 Quinnipiac fell to Cornell who's number 8 2 to 1 final score in overtime in the ECAC. We also know of course that number 14 UMass beating number 12 Northeastern 6-0 while number 10 UMass Lowell falling to Merrimack 3 to 2. We also know, of course, that number 7, Minnesota Duluth, falling to number 16, Omaha, at Baxter Arena, 5-1. And number 5, Denver, beating Colorado College, 4-0. While number 4, Western Michigan, beating number 9, North Dakota, 2-0, at Lawson Ice Arena. Moving on to women's hockey. On the big day on Friday, number 6, Colgate, falling to number 10, Yale, 3-0, final score. We also know number 7 Clarkson falling to Rensselaer 2-1 final score in the ECAC. And we also know of course that number 3 Northeastern beating Boston University 6-3. And of course in other big scores number 1 Wisconsin falling to number 5 Minnesota as I talked about earlier. Continuing in the WCHA St. Cloud State beating Bemidji State 2-1 while Minnesota State beat St. Thomas 4-1 at St. Thomas Ice Arena. We also know on Saturday that number 10 Yale beat Cornell 4-1, while Syracuse beat RIT 5-2. Number 4 Quinnipiac falling to number 9 Harvard 3-2 final score there, as number 7 Clarkson beats Union 4-0 at Shield Arena. And the WCHA, number one, Wisconsin, falling to number five, Minnesota, 4-3. Well, Bemidji State beat St. Cloud State 2-1. Today on Sunday when I'm recording this episode, number four, Quinnipiac, beating Dartmouth 3-1. And then the WCHA in an outdoor game in Minnesota, Minnesota State was able to defeat St. Thomas with a final score of 3-1. to one. That's everything in the rapid headlines in College Corner. Without further ado, let's get right into the outro. I hope you enjoyed episode 9 of 614 Check here on the Scarlet Gray Sports Radio Podcasting Network and my exclusive interview with Andrea Branley of the Ohio State women's ice hockey team. And of course, the entire Buckeyes family is cheering Andrea on in her Olympic journey. I also hope you enjoyed the rapid headlines and the college corner. If you want to continue supporting our podcast, you can follow us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook with the handle at 614check, 4check spelled F-O-R-E-C-H-E-C-K. And if you want to listen to us on any platform, go to linktr.ee slash 614check. If you want to listen to broadcast live, go to Scarlet Gray Sports Radio dot com gray spell g-r-a-y and of course make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your listening platform rate us and make sure you share this podcast with your friends my name is zachary rodier thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you on episode 10 of 614 check next week